Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Reservations, and I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Banksy. That's so, that's, I don't know why that just tickled me more than the other ones. I guess because, I mean, you could be. We don't know what he looks like. That's right. Spoilers, he's not British after all. (laughs) So you're who Post Malone was talking about in Into the Spider-Verse? You know, I think it's funny. I think it's funny that they reuse that line in Across the Spider-Verse, the whole... I think it's a Banksy. Because yeah. that's, that's Post Malone. Yeah, Posty. Yeah, and I just think it's funny that they like they reused it in Across the Spider-Verse. They're probably just randomly them, here. I know, it better be in Beyond the Spider-Verse, otherwise I'm going to be mad. I don't know if we'll Especially, live long enough to see it. Uh, I know, since it's been indefinitely delayed. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of bullshit because I need the conclusion of that story well, like yesterday. Like, it kind of seems like the um, uh, the Jeff Nichols film Bike Riders is also going to – I don't know when that's coming out now. Um, oh, yeah. Wasn't that supposed that to – wasn't that supposed to come out in November? Yeah. And it's gone. It's not – it's nowhere now. So I don't know what's going on. I remember seeing the trailer for that and I was like, oh, hey, Austin Butler. He's not talking like Elvis. And Tom Hardy. I'm sold. Yeah, and Tom, it's fucking Hom Tardy. Um, before we get started, I was uh, he does these, uh, I don't know if it's a show for the BBC or if it's just something he does on the side or if it's his YouTube videos, but he reads- Oh, where he reads child's books? He reads children's books, right? With uh-huh. his dog, usually. Um, and it's just a compilation of him introducing himself, just like, hi, I'm Tom, you know? Um, yeah. And I texted Zach. I go, man, if I ever meet this man, uh, Haley better pack her bags because <laughs> 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 she's she's standing right there. I love you, honey. I'm sorry. Uh, Zach. Yeah. So, um, so Ken, Ken's is uh, Ken's is in trouble, too, apparently. Um, d- oh, and also before we get started, did Zach get on to you about the whole uh the uh what you mentioned in sicario or what, what which was it that you were like he's gonna get on to me if i don't mention it no because i didn't mention it so i i, I you know i saved myself um, oh, okay good yeah the wrath of zach <laughs> that's right yeah. it would be more like hey why didn't you say that dude well he would have he would have texted me and be like this is really good but you know like you he's very he's very compliment sandwich so he'll he's like hey man it was really good i really like this you forgot this but overall, it was really good. Whatever, you know. <laughs> That's why Zach's the best. We love you, yeah, Zach. It's, yeah, he's basically our consultant for quality control. <laughs> he's doing fine. He's doing a fine job. Uh, yeah. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, so, dude, I uh, I finished this movie today, by the way. I oh, slacked okay. off again. Mm. Um and you know what? It's it's going to be something. I don't know if I've admitted this on mic or not. Um, you were right. That movie was not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. And it was so much more. Yeah. Than I could have ever hoped it was. So for context, uh, today we are discussing The Place Beyond the Pines. Um, a Derek C. Anne France uh, film. Uh, people may know him 
from directing Blue Valentine. Um, and I think The Light Between the Oceans, which I did not see. Um, but I saw Blue Valentine. I loved that. So, um, Well, this was uh, the first movie of his I've ever seen. I'm definitely going to check out Blue Valentine now because I've heard. Yeah, you'll like Blue Valentine. I've heard so much great things about it, and it's got our boy in it. It's got Ryan in it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Uh, um, when I warned you about that, I didn't. It was like I wanted to tell you so bad. I'm like, hey, man, Gosling's not in the whole thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm glad you didn't say that. I. I think it would have ruined it for me because to be perfectly honest, when I saw the trailer, I was like, Gosling, like, here we go. Like, bro, because the trailer makes it seem like he's in the whole fucking movie. Right. And in a way, he is in the whole movie, but um, which we'll get to. Right. Because I did. I did watch those two videos. Great. Thankfully, now fat pastorine remembered to credit. The Cinefix video in the Sicario. Oh, okay, so hopefully good. future rain remembers now that I've said it early to credit those two videos. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes. In a way, Ryan Gosling is in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, when I saw it. I think it was in the theater. I like to think uh, that I saw it in the theater um, from what I remember. Anyway, um, it blew me away. And I was also just struck by the just the structure of it that it's the mm-hmm. it's three parts, right? And it, um, yeah, it really is a, almost like a, a a three act play. And I only have one problem with it, and we'll get to. It. Um, okay, this movie is great, except this one thing. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. I wonder if you had the same thought I did, but um, anyway, place beyond the pines. Um. um well, before you do that, do you, do you want to know why I chose this movie? Why? Because this is going to be another for future rain, another video for future rain to credit. Okay. Uh, there's a YouTuber I really like. I think I've shown you some of his videos um, called Binging with Babish, where he he recreates food from TV and film. Mm-hmm. And he did one over the place beyond the pines. Uh, it was the garbage plate that is very briefly mentioned towards the tail end of the movie mm-hmm. when um when bradley cooper's getting ready for his uh his district attorney run um you know where one of his people says oh and you're gonna have the garbage plate and that's all it said and he made uh babish made this whole video about it and to be honest it looked really good okay now would i recreate it no, I don't have that kind of time, but it looked good. And I was like, man, what is this? What is this place beyond the pines movie? What is this? And I looked it up and I was like, cause he showed the clip. He usually shows the clip of where the inspiration is coming from. Mm-hmm. So I knew Bradley Cooper was in the movie. And then I looked it up and I was like, Oh, Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ava Mendez. Okay. Yeah. And that's where it stopped. Okay. <laughs> and I, so this literally was a first watch, but, What's interesting is this movie was always kind of in the back of my head. And so when we were prepping this season, I was like, you know what? Now's the time to finally watch this movie. Cool. So there we go. So Place Beyond the Pines. Um, It is a the story of um, Luke and Romina. Um, Luke is a well, sort of. And also um, 
uh, also Avery, um, and also Jason, and uh, also uh, whatever uh, his uh, name is. Uh, AJ. Uh, AJ, thank you. And also AJ. So, um, story initially follows uh, Luke reconnecting with Romina. Uh, he is a um, traveling with a carnival as a uh, motorcycle act where they get in the, the round cage and the motorcycles all uh, ride in the cage, uh, which is pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. Uh, they're called Handsome Luke and the Heartthrobs, which I really liked. Um, and uh, when he reconnects with Romina after um, sleeping with her a year prior, um, he finds out that she got had gotten pregnant and had a child. And so now he feels like he needs to stick around and he wants to stick around, right? He wants, mm-hmm. Luke wants purpose and will, you know, um, he needs something to tether him, you know, to someplace stable, right? Um, he uh, ends up meeting Robin. Robin owns a repair shop and so he works with him uh, for a while until he until he decides that he needs to make more money. Sorry, my cat's going crazy. Um, that he needs to make more money, right? And so Robin mm-hmm. suggests that they start robbing banks. Um, Robin says he's done it before. Uh, as long as you do it uh, not too many times, as long as you're smart about it, um, you can get away with it. You'll be fine. Uh, keep in mind, this part takes place in the 90s. Uh, so, yeah, um, uh, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. And so Luke uh they devise a plan luke decides to move forward with robbing banks um they come up with this idea that he will do it on motorcycle ride into a cube truck cube truck goes away he gets off scot free done and done uh after a while luke uh starts getting more money starts wanting to provide for romina however romina has moved on she has uh kofi and she lives with him at his house with her mother and uh, Jason, the child. And uh, Luke keeps trying to insert himself within this family because that's what he wants. He wants family. He wants stability. And unfortunately, he, you know, steps on some toes doing so, gets in an altercation with Kofi, gets arrested. Once he gets bailed out, he gets greedy, wants to do two banks in one day. It goes wrong. He gets in, um, in a police chase. And eventually, Officer Avery um, shoots and kills Luke. Now it's Avery's story. Uh, Avery is a rookie cop who had gotten out of law school, went from law to being a police officer. Avery feels he is better than everyone else, I feel. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not only is he dealing with the uh, the grief or the shock or the implications of shooting and killing a person. But now he's having to deal with police corruption within the police department. Um, he rats on some cops. He gets promoted. Um, and then 15 years later, um, we have the two sons. We have AJ, which is Avery's son. And then we have Jason, which is Luke's son. They end up going to the same high school. Uh, they end up becoming kind of friends. I would say frenemies. Um, yeah. 
and things start to um like that video beautifully put it things start to echo right things start to mirror things start to um to shadow what is going on with their fathers right mm-hmm. um luke ends up you know also getting in legal trouble um and uh, burglarizing a pharmacy and um getting caught with narcotics and um eventually he finds out that Avery is the one who killed his dad um he finds out confronts Avery steals his wallet his money and then as to not be a burden on anyone and as to sort of escape and to sort of be a free spirit he runs away buys a motorcycle and then drives off in the distance and that's what he's found um yeah in a nutshell and i yada yada through a lot because we're going to talk about it yeah um so what i like most about this film is that it was really it was it was a really um brave decision i wouldn't say brave decision it was a risky decision doing this chronologically i would agree Um, i would agree because we're not having we're having to piece things together afterward um Mm -hmm. and sort of understand the point and to understand what um what cn france was trying to trying to achieve and trying to convey with how he shot the film and how these stories interconnect without relying on flashbacks and flash forwards and like stories dissolving into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think it's more powerful chronologically than it would be the other way. Right. I, I agree. I, I feel like the movie would have still been really good had we gotten, you know, the, you know, 1997 then it converting into Avery story and then 15 years later kind of ever interwoven with flashbacks and flash forwards mm-hmm. I think it still would have been a good film but I feel like telling it chronologically makes it a better film mm-hmm. because we do see what Derek was trying to convey which is these men the these two men their actions their consequences affect their sons. Yeah. Well, and everyone around them, really. Yeah. Not only themselves, but everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, okay. Speaking of consequences, this is a great transition into Luke, uh, played by Ryan Gosling. And yeah, this piece, and I, I was telling Haley about this when, when um, she was sitting with me at the beginning of this movie, um, a little tidbit about the behind the scenes that I love was when talking with the makeup artists and the in the wardrobe department, Gosling said, I want a face tattoo. Okay. Really? I'm be that was him, but I want I want one on my face. I think it'd be really cool. Right? And so they, they so put, funny. They put the dagger on him on his cheek. And after shooting a few scenes, he was like, listen, man, like I think it was a mistake for the face tattoo. I think it's too much. Uh can we can we take it off and reshoot? And San Fran said, no, you see how you regret doing the face tattoo? 
So does Luke. Luke regrets getting a face tattoo. And so from then on, Gosling and Sanfrance sort of saw that Gosling was being a little more reserved, less confident. Um, you know, he doesn't have that um that charisma that he usually has on screen, right? He's sort of pulled back a little bit because he's so self-conscious about his face tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was brilliant and it was a complete mistake, right? I mean, it, it was not yeah. planned at all. And uh, and I like that. So that decision affected um, his performance and uh, in a really cool way. I, I really uh, liked that little tidbit. Yeah, like th- that is interesting, especially considering, you know, like if you see one of my favorite Ryan Gosling movies, The Nice Guys, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's so charismatic. He, you know, when it's just him in the scene, he steals the scene. Oh, and every, but, everything he does, he's so... He's so captivating, you know, like it, when he even in a movie where he says almost nothing, like in Only God Forgives, you're still um, transfixed by him um, mm. or in Drive, uh, which are both uh, winding reffin films. But still um, there, he's just so captivating. But in this, I think even without knowing that little uh, the little behind the scenes story, you can still kind of tell that he's not full gosling or he's not he's not being very confident uh, yeah well and, and like you like you just said uh like it, it added to the character of luke because you know we almost almost immediately we we grow to have an attachment to luke mm. you know because we can see throughout all of his interactions that he he does really care for uh Romina he cares for Jason he wants to be present he wants to have this active presence you know as he says you know i didn't really know my father look how i turned out i don't want that to happen to him um and we really sympathize with him which is almost <laughs> all the more heartbreaking when in a matter of a few scenes, we watch it all crumble away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You know, like I, I feel that Luke is again, like I mentioned in the, in the synopsis that he is just like desperate for normalcy, for stability, mm. right? And so Absolutely. When, when he sees Romina again, of course, that's, you know, he's drawn to Romina. But once he finds out that she had a child, then that's, I mean, that's it. That's his ticket to stability. That's his ticket to, uh, to normalcy, uh, or at least, you know, um, as close to it as he can get. And... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, you know, Kofi's in the picture. Uh, Maharshal Ali, again, incredible, right? Um, yeah, shout out, yeah. And it's sort of weird because, like, watching the film, you, I always found, I always find it weird when it's like, oh, that's right, Romina's sort of like 
stringing Luke along. You know what I mean? Because Romina is like having a relationship with Luke while also being with Kofi, right? Um, so she's not like a yeah, but <laughs> um, yeah, I I found to be honest, I found that a little strange. You know that she. I mean, they hook up, you know, when essentially they, they hook up and then, you know, he assaults Kofi, which a hundred percent Luke was in the wrong for that. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, she can't call him crazy when, you know, she's kind of two timing Kofi, right. you know, Kofi's really the, the victim here in this scenario. Definitely. I mean, I really do feel bad for, uh, for Kofi. Um, also, yeah, I mean, obviously, you have reacts for sure. Yeah, but also, I meant to look this up. I'm assuming it was a purposeful choice to cast Ava Mendez to play opposite her husband. I can't remember if they were together at this time yet. Um, I know uh, that I read that Gosling recommended Mendez for the role, but okay, let's uh, look it up. I didn't. I don't know if they were together at the time. Let's take a look. Uh, they have been married since 2011. Okay, so yeah, it was around that time. So yeah, let's see. They started a relationship while production was going on. There. So so this movie got them together. So there you go. Um. So, right, Luke. Um. I always find it interesting how when Luke meets Robin, which by the way, Ben Mendelsohn, I mean, there's nothing more you can say. He is, he's a force of nature. I love Ben Mendelsohn in everything um, he's ever done. Um, And when they start robbing banks, uh, which is, which is a really interesting part of the movie. um, There's the way Robin explains to him how it can be done okay he's saying mm-hmm. you know you don't even really need a gun you can just go with a note and then get in and out of there and you're done you're out it's over right but luke chooses to make a spectacle out of it which is really interesting because um again robin told him to do the exact opposite right yeah yeah so i i haven't really figured out what that means or what, what I think that means that he decided to number one, use a gun. Number two, make a huge scene, you know, and scream mm-hmm. and yell and, and, you know, physically move people around and, um, uh, and threaten and all of that. It's so bizarre, uh, that he would choose to do it that way. Yeah. I mean, you could argue maybe having a, you know, having almost a, you know, a lifetime in, you know, uh, you know, a traveling circus and, sure. you know, theatricality. Yeah. This is all he knows. You're right. Because I, I think there's something to that because, you know, at the very beginning, his tracking shot, you know, it's, it's a show. It's like, a, it, it is a spectacle, what he's doing and what he does for a living. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all theatrics. Um, and uh, man, the way that comes back to with with those shots behind um, behind his shoulder there, those are awesome. Um, the way that comes back with Jason, but 
Um, but you're right. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just him being a performer that, you know, he needs to make it like, yeah, <laughs> sorry, <coughs> super over the top. Well, and you know, it makes sense. Cause you know, you know, <laughs> prior to the assault on Kofi, um, Luke was very much kind of giving me at least how he was being presented the impression that he doesn't really want to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's like, you know, I can make this into a big thing. I can be very theatrical and still not hurt anyone. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why he chose he, the gun. Yeah. Maybe he thought he needed to, right? Like no yeah. one's going to take me seriously if I walk in there with a gun or without a gun with, with like a note and just like softly ask for money. Like that's not going to work. So I need to go in there, you know, and, and make a scene and, um, and then I'll get it, get out of there and we're done. Maybe that's what it is. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, maybe it could be the opposite. Maybe he just didn't want to take Robin's advice at all and he wanted to do it his way. Yeah. Maybe he already, you know, once Robin decided to tell him about to rob banks, he already had it in his mind how he was going to do it. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's a shot that I want to talk about specifically. And I, because we're on this section of the movie, uh, there's a shot of Ben Mendelsohn um, that is so that is gorgeous. This shot of him, it's when it's after Gosling gets out of jail, is bailed out, and he's telling him, you know, to quit, to not do the bank robberies anymore, and to you know, that's when he says the famous line, right? Um, but there's he's it's like blue light, and his face is dirty, and he's got the cigarette. And I just think it's a gorgeous shot. I don't know. You know what I mean? He looks that that face of his is just so captivating. And oh, yeah, um, I don't know if you know the shot I'm talking about, but it's just like, mm-hmm. whoa, dude, like that is that is a very, you know, that that's a movie quality face right there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. You said it already, but man, Ben Middleson is the Middleton. best. Um, yeah. He he plays such a good sub villain in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, I say sub villain because he's not the main villain. He's like the third tier level down villain, but he still makes a good villain. He also makes uh, gorillas used him on their album Humans. He's kind of like an ethereal presence. He like talks in like (laughs) interludes. And I didn't realize it was him until I watched their documentary that they made to kind of go inside with that album and it has a little blurb it says the voice of ben mendelson and i was like ben oh my god that makes so much, that makes so much sense but yeah uh i i do i do remember the shot you're talking about and it's yeah it's a very striking shot almost yeah, like right? almost like this is the, the derek i don't know how to pronounce his last name so i'm not going See to in france that's fine um i was almost trying to put him in almost like the shadow a little bit or like a silhouette yeah. that Luke is sort of like, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to do it anyway. It was very noir. I really liked that shot. Yeah. And it's one of the things I think about if you were to tell him, if you were just to say place me on the pines, that's what I would think about. Um, um, I'm not sure why. I think it's just such a cool shot. And uh, I had to bring it up. Um, okay. So what I love about, this first section, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
is not only you know Luke you know trying trying so hard to get what he wants right, which is this uh, mm-hmm. normalcy, but it's the decisions he's making in order to do so are so are not good decisions; they're bad decisions, right? Yeah. And this is sort of going to set up the whole premise of the film, which is these bad decisions are going to have consequences that last a generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and ripple out to affect other people too, not just him and his son directly just through, but everyone else, right? Um, yeah. Because that decision will now affect Avery. Um, yeah. And affect Avery and and his generational uh, line as well, um, which is so fascinating. So for starters, the uh, the police chase shot incredibly. I don't know how they did it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool. Um, very dynamic. They used um, just like um, scenes from cops as examples. Uh, for really? when they were uh, when they were doing the choreography and doing the the shot, um, like mapping out the shots, um, and they're pretty dynamic and they're pretty uh, raw, right? Um, we're mm. just you know handheld in the car, um, and then you know the foot uh, the foot pursuits are you know all handheld and shaky and uh, it seemed pretty real. So um, I like that. And again, the um, one of the reasons why Luke gets caught is he's sort of he's he's not in the right headspace because he forgot his sunglasses, and that becomes very important later. Um, that he forgot his sunglasses. Um, but again, Luke is like the Luke is the center of all of this, right? So when he breaks mm-hmm. into that house, lets the people go, whatever, and he's talking to to Romina, um, we get our first, our, our real sort of kicking off point for Avery, which is him shooting Luke first, right? Yes, which he 100% shot first. I, I rewound that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he shot first. It's not even up for debate. I mean, he did shoot first, right? It, it's yeah. it's clear, you know, he's a rookie. He's nervous. He's scared. He, you know, breaks the door down without checking to see if it was locked first and um, and probably mistakes the phone for a gun and, and shoots Luke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this now, I love that, you know, Again, when you're watching this film for the first time, you're not ready for this complete shift in story. Yeah. Right? Um you're you're sort of shocked that our main character is dead now. What? <laughs> you know? Um Well, and you know, as I was watching the even though I was enjoying everything that I'd been seeing up until that point, I was like, you know, I thought Bradley Cooper was in this movie because he and Ryan are build mm-hmm. first yeah so it's like where's where's bradley and all this and then we see him and i'm like oh cool i was like so is he gonna now like is this gonna be like a like a this wasn't the movie i thought of but that for whatever reason this is the movie my brain just went to like a shooter situation situation you know where mark Wahlberg is trying to get out of town and like oh, okay you know yeah 
but I was like, is that what this movie is about to become? Like, is, is Bradley Cooper just going to like try to track him down the rest of the movie? Um, and then the shot and then the shot happens. And I literally thought to myself, I'm like, I was like, wait, are we about to now focus on Bradley Cooper? Yeah. And yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes a story about Avery. And now Avery is dealing with, you know, the repercussions of killing someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I love is like in the, in the scene where he's at the therapist office, because, um, m- cop movies have taught me that when you shoot someone, you have to go to therapy. Um, I'm not even sure if that's true. Uh, or if that's like mandatory, I don't know, but movies make it seem mandatory. So, um, he's, he's in the therapist office and he says something so significant. Um, that is really the, like the main theme of the film is, you know, these, again, these consequences for these actions, these decisions, um, and relationships between fathers and sons. And so mm-hmm. he says that he has a hard time looking at his one-year-old son because he knew that Luke had a one-year-old son mm-hmm. and that he took that father away from that son. And so yeah. this now will affect his relationship with his son moving forward mm-hmm. for the rest of their life, or at least up until we catch up with them, right? Yeah. Um, which again, at the time you're watching it, you don't know how significant that is. But um, again, San France is creating this story where thinking about it and and reflecting on what we were just shown, like everything is connected and everything matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, we get two of my favorite cameos in the film, which is Bruce Greenwood and Ray Liotta. I was just about to say. I was going to say, we got to talk about Bruce Greenwood again. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude, I was so happy when he showed up. I was like, hey. And I think that year, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I probably am, um, he visited two main characters in hospitals that year because uh, he was in this film and he was also in Flight. And he did the same thing in Flight where he goes to – He's like the head, whatever, the FAA or someone, and and he goes to Denzel's hospital room after the plane crash to interrogate him about the plane crash. And so, <laughs> so I thought that was so funny that those happened so close to, to each other. Um, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's really good. But again, and I like how we, with these, with these interactions with people, with Bruce Greenwood first, um, and then with the therapist later, that you kind of see what kind of person Avery is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's very pragmatic, right? Well, um, and he, he's definitely the smartest person in the room, or at least he thinks he is. He definitely thinks he is. Yes. Um, because when, and I love, again, Bruce Greenwood, incredible. Uh, because yeah. there's that moment where, they have this little uh, this little disagreement about procedure about letting yourself known right um avery goes well i let myself known when i walked in the house he goes i understand that but did you do it again because sometimes you can't assume someone heard you right and avery comes back with i let myself known like we were trained to do and and bruce greenwood gives us a little like all right like (laughs) 
Yeah. Like, okay, fine. Because again, Avery is technically a lawyer. And, um, and so, you know, he's, Avery's responding to him with, well, that's not what the law says. I did what the law requires. Right. Yeah. Instead of what was probably the right thing to do. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, in the moment, he's just so, he's frazzled, he's scared, he's nervous, you know, um, and, and again, when they're talking about was the door locked, right? You broke open the door, but why? Did you check if it was locked? You know, he's like, yeah, I must have, you know. And you know, they keep going back and forth on this stuff, and you start to realize that Avery is going to do whatever it takes to save himself, despite, um, or to to get ahead or to um, get what he wants. Mm-hmm. despite other people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I do love the whole, I do love the whole, uh, the, the interaction during that with his whole, like, what do you want me to say? And yeah. Bruce Green, uh, Greenwood is just like, don't fuck with me. Yeah. Like, just answer the question. Like, like he shot you first, then you shot like pop pop. And he was just like, like, yeah, sure. That's how I kind of took it that he was just like, if that's what you want me to say, that's what I'm going to say. You know? Well, I think Bruce Greenwood is sort of trying to hold his hand along this. He's like, listen, you answer these the way that I'm telling you to answer these. You're going to be just fine. Right. Or he's sort of, he's giving him leading questions and, I think at first Avery's sort of wanting to tell exactly what happened and telling the truth. I think he's starting to pick up on sort of, and then you did this and he's like, yes. And then I did that. Right. Which sort of like Bruce Greenwood is quote, a good guy within the police department. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he's not, he's not a corrupt or dirty cop. Right. I think that mm-hmm. Avery is sort of picking up. I think this is a clue, or maybe I'm reaching, right? Maybe I'm reading too much into it, and it was just a great performance with two great actors, right? Um, I mean, it's probably definitely that. With dynamic writing, right? Yeah. Which it is, obviously, but uh, it might be a hint of what's to come later with the with the police corruption, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because Avery lied about the shooting to save himself, right? Um, and it really probably wouldn't have been that big of a, if I'm being honest. I, I, I don't know anything about police procedures. I don't know anything about this stuff. So I'm very naive when it comes to this. But I think if he had told the truth that he shot second, I think they would have protected him anyway and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he made that decision to lie and to say that I shot second after he shot me in the leg or whatever um then from then on he's wanting to sort of atone for that meaning Mm -hmm. that of course the police corruption he immediately fell into was like top tier police corruption (laughs) like yeah these weren't like softballs right that he was getting thrown um with the police corruption he went in the deep end immediately 
but he wasn't well, going to stand for any of it because again, I think he's trying to atone for what he's already done. Yeah. And, and especially with, and I just thought of this and I'll, I'll circle back to it. Sure. You know, Ray Liotta, who is sort of like the, the head of this, the corruption within his department, um, you know, takes him over to Ava Mendez's house. And we're like, yeah, we're trying to find the money that Luke gave you. And of course she's, you know, trying to play innocent, which actually I think she wasn't. I think she was being genuine. I think she didn't know where the money came from. And I don't think she wanted to no, know. She did it. Um, she knew she had money. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he gave it to her. Um, but she didn't know where it came from. I think um, she's now starting to understand that it's probably for sure the robberies Stolen. is where yeah because that had already come out of the news right mm-hmm. uh, because Avery's already out of, the, out of the hospital so that's already been like a week at least right yeah and so but uh you know so they go over there to find the money but to keep it for themselves but here's this is what I was going to circle back to it's do you think she wouldn't have noticed like like what was their game plan here like they're like, oh no, she's clean. Like, oh, we we didn't find well, anything. It's not that it's not that they were hoping she wouldn't notice. It was they know that they can steal it. And she can't do anything about it. What's she gonna mm. say to who? Right, right, right. And right. so yeah. it, it's it's the fact that they can just take it, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. But but circling back to your whole uh uh Avery wanting to atone, you know. He even goes as far as to try to give his portion of that money back yeah. to um, Romina um, and telling her, like, you know, that, you know, I'm not here as a cop. I'm just here as a, I'm just here as a man, like just trying to give you this money back. Because I think I think he felt like if she took it, he could it could make up for a little bit. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, it, there's also that moment when they're in the um when when they're in their house looking for the money. Um there's that moment where Avery holds Jason, right? Mhm. Um and there's that moment that he's trying to comfort Jason like don't wake him up, right? To mm-hmm. sort of shield him from what's going on around him. And that even is an early echo because that's mirroring what Gosling did. Gosling, whatever. Uh, that's and that's what Luke did uh, after he hit Kofi with the wrench, right? He immediately picked up Jason, comforted him, uh, shielded him from what's going on around him, right? And took him to a safe mm-hmm. place, right? Um, and yeah. that's they, they're both doing that. And coincidentally with the same child with Jason, right? Um, right. Which I, I really liked that moment. Um, and, and so, yeah, so now we're, <laughs> um, Avery is very, um, I wouldn't say narcissistic. I would say egotistical, uh, because okay. he immediately goes into the chief's office and is like, listen, you know, I don't think I'll be good out in the field. But if you make me a lieutenant, I'll be, you know, I was like, dude, you just got out of the academy anyway. Like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, 
like like that's not how this works like even i know how that that's, that's not how this works you 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 have to work your way up yeah in uh you know and 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 prove that you can do the job uh <laughs> yeah so it, and it then pretty nuts well you know and then he does the same thing to bruce greenwood you know um after he gets his dad's advice on how does he deal with this corruption because mm-hmm. i don't want to be a part of this because for for avery's faults he is a good person yeah yes he's egotistical and yeah he's he definitely thinks he's the smartest person in the room but or here let me rephrase he's a decent person now maybe yeah, not a good he, person but he's a decent person he does want to eliminate police corruption you know he does want to do the right thing um but again despite everyone else that gets in his way right yeah yeah cuz you know when he goes to Bruce Greenwood you know he tells him i'll give you this but i want full immunity and i want to be assistant da and bruce greenwood's like what are you talking about i can't just make you da and he's like well if he pretty much said well you better figure it out because that's what i want uh and i (laughs) i kind of love the line that they wrote for bruce greenwood like i'll give you these things but i won't shake your fucking hand yeah like i was like that's a because he's being basically blackmailed or bullied you know what i mean like yeah, that's pretty, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Um, yeah. And, and again, what I love about how the story is laid out for us is that we're establishing that Avery has a good relationship with his father, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who mm-hmm. was a former judge. Yep. Um, and so they have that connection not only with with law, law enforcement, um, but just also just being close as father and son, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which now when we get to 15 years later and uh, we have AJ and we have Jason um, as high schoolers, um, which I guess they'd be 16 or 17 at this time. They're seniors, uh, when Jay- so I'm going to say 17. Uh, yeah, when Jason goes in for his uh, his felony, he says he's 17. Okay. So there's 17 at this time, and and now we've arrived at the thing that I don't like about this movie, is AJ is a greaseball, and I don't understand why. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where this thug added, because his mom is, is Rose Byrne. Like, yeah. where did this come from? Where did this uh, this this sort of you know, ghetto hood, uh, thug, you know, Guido type personality come from. I don't understand. Uh, Tony Soprano. It's sort of, it's, it's almost enough to take you out of it because he's a cartoon. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I also was kind of like, I don't really understand what, well, and I like that. I like that Jason Dane DeHaan even says like, "What are you from Staten Island or something?" Yeah, because like, he's got that attitude. Uh, he's got you know that sort of you know, uh, je ne sais quoi, I guess. But I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I I don't know why it was written this way. Um, 
I, I would only hope that in the director's commentary, he mentions it. Uh, I didn't have time to watch that, but um, I would just hope that he would go, uh, oh, yeah, I did this because of this reason. Because um, of X, Y, and Z, yeah. Or or what if he was like, no, nah, the, the guy who came in and read for it, read it like that, and we're like, good enough. That'll work. <laughs> uh, I know he doesn't talk like that for real, because I've seen him in other stuff. So... Um, it's a decision. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah, I do find that interesting, especially because, you know, circling back to the fact that uh, his mom is Rose Byrne, uh, you know, when she tells him at his da- at uh, Avery's dad's funeral, he wants to come live with you. It, I was kind of thinking about it, and I wonder if maybe it was a situation of she wanted him to go. That like she couldn't deal with. I mean, I'm sure that's also true, but I think uh-huh. you know there's that there's that scene in uh, we're skipping through a lot. We'll get we'll circle back. But when when they get arrested, and when Avery goes to to AJ's holding room, uh, mm-hmm. he mentions that you know you wanted to come live with me. You leave that kid alone, right? Yeah. Um and he's not you know, saying, I didn't want it. You know, he's not doing that. So I think it's legit um, that he did. But I agree that I wouldn't be able to handle this kid either. So I, 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 I'm with Rose Byrne on this one for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. She right. Circling also, back. I think it's Jennifer. Hold on. It's Jennifer. It's, it's Jennifer. Um, <clears throat> okay. Okay. So circling back to now, this is AJ and Jason's story. I also was like, wait. Are they about to be become best friends? Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I, I like your term that they become sort of frenemies. Like the, the friendship starts to kind of blossom. And then it just deteriorates. Yeah, almost because immediately. You know, there is sort of an, an initial sort of camaraderie with, you know, obviously, you know, they like to skip class and get high, you know, whatever. That'll bond anybody. Um <laughs> But there is this sort of um, the this sort of combativeness. That's not a word between the two of them. Um, mm-hmm. That a lot of it's AJ's fault because <laughs> AJ's a bad person. Um, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and I get it. Right, I get why AJ is sort of troubled. You know, his dad wants really nothing to do with him. His mom, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure is struggling. You know, she's a single mom, right? Um, mm-hmm. cause they are divorced. That is made abundantly clear. Um, it's also made abundantly clear. That's going to happen anyway, uh, in Avery story anyway. Um, yeah. Rose Byrne gives an amazing performance in, in Avery's section. Um, just by being sort of, I don't know, like she's not annoyed by everything, but she's sort of put off by it or she's sort of, like she doesn't like what what it's turning Avery into, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't like what <clears throat> what all what this decision has done to Avery and how he's behaving. I, I think that it's implying that he's a different. He was a different person before, um, right, right? 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 And um, anyway, so AJ and Jason. Um, 
when it's sort of like you kind of have to suspend your disbelief a little bit when when they do like not only do they go to the same school but they gravitate towards each other immediately i think that's that's sort of this you know sort of um it's almost like these their fathers were connected therefore it's inevitable that these two would also be connected um mm-hmm. which i like you know it's sort of this destiny or um or this sort of, you know, um, this, these decisions have rippled into, um, their inevitable, um, meeting, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and this is where this section is where we get some of the coolest, um, mirroring or or echoing, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with Jason. Jason is the, the main one we're getting these echoes with from from the beginning yeah yeah even though this is this section is aj and jason's story i i like that we focus more on jason yeah um also because again uh dane dehan is awesome as jason even though i really had to suspend that like there's no way he's fucking 17 years old (laughs) they both weren't they were both in their 20s uh doing this um, I could believe it way more with Dane DeHaan than I could this other guy. Yeah, yeah. Dane is really lanky and he looks young in the face. Uh, even now that he's like almost 40, he doesn't look 40. Yeah, I just saw him in uh, – I rewatched a little bit of Oppenheimer yesterday and yeah, he looks – That's uh, right. He is he an Oppenheimer. the same. Uh, so, yeah. Um, anyway, so – um, some of my favorites. Okay. Um, after, after, um, AJ, um, not AJ, I'm sorry. After Jason is asking more about his dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kofi takes him to the ice cream place. And it's the same mm-hmm. ice cream place that Luke takes him to when he's one, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so we can try ice cream for the first time. And so that – I love this because that was such a wholesome, significant moment for Luke. Luke is you know, in dad mode at that time. And he's, you know, um, he's starting to become more comfortable with the idea and not only comfortable with the idea because he wants it. He's comfortable with this is this is happening. Like this is gonna happen. This is sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so when we get the flip side of that, um, I like that the difference is literally night and day because this portion happens in the nighttime instead. Um and the mood is sort of different, and um it's it's a little more somber. And, um, but I like that it takes place in the same location and even in the same bench, um, with his other father figure. Right. Well, and, you know, and, and watching both of those videos you sent me, it made me think like Kofi is being so sincere when he says, you know, he's not your dad. I'm your dad. Right. And in a way he's right. In a way, yes, I agree. In a way, he is right. You know, Kofi really 
besides the glaring elephant of that Luke was killed, Kofi really has been there for Jason since the beginning. And I could see where the videos were saying how it doesn't land the way I don't think, you know, the way that Kofi was intending it to land. Because, you know, that's not what Jason really wants to hear. Right. You know, like, yes, I understand that you are my dad, but like, I want to know about my real dad. And like, I want to know. In a way, it's sort of like Luke is threatening him all over again. Luke is threatening Kofi by, you know, it's like, I'm going to take this away from you. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously Kofi takes offense to that. I would too. Right. Um, I agree. And bringing Luke up again in this way, I think that Kofi is sort of like Luke is now taking, trying to take him away from me again by just him being brought up. Right. Yeah. And again, it's threatening that sort of, you know, that, um, I don't know how to put it, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, and 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 do you think that's maybe why he told Jason his dad's name? Like maybe maybe if Jason looks into this and realizes what kind of a person his dad was, maybe he won't yeah, maybe. he won't go further. You know, he'll still recognize me. I'm dad, and that Luke. Luke was just this guy. But again, there's like this sort of this destiny, right? That that takes place with Jason because there's, again, the echoes of uh, Jason robbing the pharmacy. Um, It's it's shot also in like the same way that the bank robberies were shot. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, I was just... I don't. I want you to finish your thought. I was just gonna say I was not expecting him to rob that pharmacy. Yeah, I was just like, why is he there? He's going to get oxycodone. Like, why is he? And I was like, oh, he's right. gonna steal it. Yeah, and you know, again, I, I love that they're shot the same, um, mm-hmm. and they're mirroring one another. And even when he gets caught uh, with the uh, with the X, right? It was ecstasy. Was one of those. Um, yeah, those those hearings mirror each other too. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're affecting the same people, which is so interesting. Um, you know, in a way, because him, Luke being arrested, affected Kofi and Romina also. Um, and so it's so, they weren't there, you know, at the hearing with, with Luke, but you know, it's still sort of the same impact. Um, that now Jason is is um, is affecting them as well. Uh, it's so yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, but I saw this thought, you know, but Luke didn't have a guilty uh, DA um, who brought your felony down to a misdemeanor, right? You know, because yeah, you know, Avery. Once Avery realized who it was, you know, he was like, no, get it down to a misdemeanor. Get that kid home. You know, that's that's a really interesting scene also where Avery finds out who he is. Right. Mm -hmm. Who that kid is, because, you know, he's been keeping tabs. Um, Yeah. Oh, for sure. And well, it's almost. 
it's um, it's almost confirmed at the end. But um, but I, I like how that plays because it's not like he didn't know immediately who it was. He's not keeping like super close watch on these people. He's just he knows who they are. Um, and you know, he, he still feels really bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know. I like how Bradley Cooper plays that, you know, sort of like, what was his name? You know? Um, and we're like, okay. And I even think, no, uh, no, I'm mistaken. Um, I was like, do we even know who the kids are at that point? You know? Um, or who Jason is at that point. I think maybe that's when we find out is during the hearing who Jason is. Um, yes. Yeah. That's when we find out. And so, um, that reveal is obviously a big deal. Uh, but you know, we've ruined it here for you. Um, Oh no. In multiple watchings ruins it for you. Cause again, I forgot that that's supposed to be the reveal, right? Yeah. Of, of who um, Jason is. But I do find it interesting that, again, these mirrors and these these echoes, you know, keep circling back on the boys, especially when they get into a fight, when when Jason can't let it go once he realizes who AJ's dad is Mm -hmm. and they get into a fight and AJ. Sorry, AJ just beats the piss out of him, dude. Like. Um, and I don't know if you and I like that the the blood on his face uh, mirrors the blood on Luke's face uh, when he fell out the window. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was like, oof. Like they're they're really like wanting us, wanting the audience. Derek was really like, hey, remember for that? <laughs> this is kind of what happened to his dad. Yeah. Um. But I. I enjoy not enjoyed. That's not the right word. I really liked the plot element of him, of Jason buying a gun and taking Avery out to the woods. I I honestly felt like Jason wasn't going to do it. I think he took him out there as more of like a a scare tactic. Mm-hmm. But I think once Avery broke down and apologized, I think that's. I, f- I felt like that was enough for Jason where he was just kind of like, OK, I don't think Jason realizes that. That was what Avery needed. Avery needed to. Apologize. Avery needed to mm-hmm. say, I'm sorry. And Avery knew he needed to say it, but he never would have. Right. Um, yeah. Avery needed this catharsis of finally admitting fault and saying sorry and atoning for, you know, what he's done or what he feels like he's done. And mm-hmm. Jason wanted this sort of quasi revenge. Um, and he's so Jason is just confused and he's angry and he doesn't know where to put all of it. And so I think that's where he, you know, has something to to point his anger towards uh, mm-hmm. at that at that moment in his life. Um, 
And in doing so, you know, this decision sort of, um, sort of not, not fixes. That's not the right word. Sort of, um, it atones Avery, right? Mm-hmm. Avery is now able to, to let it go mm-hmm. and reconnect with AJ, right? They have yes. now gone through something together that will bond them, right? That will get them mm-hmm. back on track. And you can see that at the end, that that AJ is, you know, sort of now more, I don't know, he's, he has more respect for his father, I guess, or can see that his father is a good person. And, um, and now Avery can now look at his son again, right? Um, And, and finally give attention to AJ that he has been withholding, right? Yeah, for for 15 years. For 15 years. Yeah. And that's what hinted at at the end, that that's where that's headed, right? We're we're headed to fixing that relationship. Yeah, and, and I like how subtle it is that AJ keeps... He keeps smiling, but then he keeps trying to not smile, you know, while mm-hmm. looking at his dad. Because I think you're right. I think he's he's kind of getting this newfound respect for his dad. And I think there's a part of him that maybe doesn't, like, who's trying to hold on, like, no, no, like, this guy's been arms linked with me my whole life. Yeah. But then there's that part of him that's like, wow, I really respect my dad. And I, and I just really like that he keeps, he just keeps smiling because it's so... It's so effective and nothing needs to be said. And we know what he means. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then where Jason ends up is so interesting because it's not quite a super happy ending because he's, you know, leaving his family behind, but he's finding Mm -hmm. who he is and he's trying to, fill the void that Luke left behind, right? That yeah. he needs to discover who that is within himself, right? And so that's where he goes. And um and you know, just drives off in the distance. And then that's of course where we get one of my favorite uses of of music um NFL. Um yeah, yeah, shout out to Bonnie Bear. Uh cuz yeah, dude. That, uh, yeah, that song is rad. And I did not listen to it until I finished the movie. I think if you had listened to it prior, you'd be waiting for it. And so, um, or you would already make associations with it. And I didn't want that. I wanted this just to be cool, yeah. uh, for you. But yeah, I, um, I really like, I'm pretty sure both videos that you sent me say it. I like, Yes, it's sad that Jason essentially runs away from home and sort of becomes like his father, sort of like a drifter. But unlike Luke, as the videos say, that Jason gets to be he gets to be free. Yeah. And and that's something that Luke never really had, even when he was in the carnival. He was not necessarily free. No, he was still kind of, you know, he was still kind of trapped. Sorry, that was me. Um, I got an email. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, but I do like that. And I, I like that. Uh, it was just kind of like we watch him go off into the sunset. Well, and it, that's it's the exact opposite of how the movie opens. Uh, the movie opens mm-hmm. with Luke riding into a cage, right? Where yeah. uh, Jason is riding off into open, open earth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's significant, right? Um, yeah. This is an oops I forgot. We forgot. Um, we completely skipped over Jason meeting robin and that's too important to to skip over oh yeah um yes yeah because when when jason meets robin um that's when a lot of mirroring happens you know with with him in the in the trailer him picking up those sunglasses um and in the video i think they mentioned that the patches on his shirt are to to mirror the tattoos um i didn't quite get that but you know it's whatever um I like it. Yeah, neither did I. I like the idea of it, but um, I didn't. I didn't think that really resonated. Um, but I, I just love their interactions, and I love that Robin still has such admiration for Luke, and is is happy to talk about him to anyone, let alone you know his son, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that Luke made such a positive impact on Robin, even though their last interactions were negative. Um, yeah. So well, and 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 I like that Robin also doesn't hold a grudge towards Luke. You know, he he remembers Luke fondly to yeah. to Jason, like your dad was one of the best, like yeah. one of the best. And you know, not like, hey, you know, your dad stuck a loaded gun in my mouth and threatened to shoot me. Yeah, no, um, didn't bring it up. But I think it's because I think it's because he knew that, like, I think he knew Luke at that point was desperate and chose not to hold a grudge. You know, yeah, because Robin knew that this was the best thing for him was to try to stop him, right? Because he was gonna. Mm-hmm. You know, he was going to kill himself, or or he was definitely going to get caught, right? And so he's saving him yeah. him from himself, and um, in doing so, it you know tarnished their relationship, and he did it anyway. But at least he tried. Uh, he yeah. didn't do it to be awful. He didn't do it to be mean. Uh, but he did it to save Luke, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, Luke was too driven, and Luke was too desperate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, buddy, are you, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? I am. Um, so for a first time, you liked it. Oh, I, I loved it. It it really resonated me with me. I, I kind of wish I would have had the opportunity to show Ashley. Uh, maybe after our year challenge is up and I can buy a physical copy of this, I can yeah. I can show it to her. Because, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think she would really enjoy it and really enjoy this. This. Kind of like version of storytelling, um, but yeah, uh, it was it was awesome. I, I definitely need to see Blue Valentine now. Yeah, definitely. It it's really good. Uh, it's very sad, but it's very good. Uh, <laughs> it's a unique take on a on a romance film for sure. Um, yeah, San Francis. Um, he's a unique filmmaker for sure. He's very good. Um, again, I haven't seen the other one. Uh, Light Between the Oceans, I think, is what it's called. I haven't seen that, but um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good job. We did. Yeah. So, 
All right, buddy. So what are we going to talk about next week? Uh, that's a good question. Um, oh, man. I have a few. Obviously, I have options. Um, let's see. We can do. Yeah, we can do this one. That'll be fun. Okay. Okay. Uh, so next week. Uh, we are going to be discussing uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pan's Labyrinth oh. uh, next week. Uh, it's uh... oh, it's over here. I don't think anyone could see it. It may not be a frame. Uh, yeah, but right there. Uh, oh, dude, I have not seen this movie either. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but I do. But I do know the importance of it because, again, it's Guillermo del Toro. Um, I, you know, he using Doug Jones, of course, I know Doug Jones is in it. Um, Doug Jones is amazing. I don't know if he's the voice of the fawn either. Uh, if he does, then he learned Spanish for it. <laughs> so um, I don't think he is i know he's also like the hand creature yeah that everyone memes i know doug jones is that yeah he is um but yeah dude i'm I'm so excited because i know this is part of the uh like a is it like an official trilogy that guillermo announced or was it think so or is it is it just sort of like criterion has made it a, a trilogy well, i know they're all connected i think they all have something to do with the spanish civil war i know this definitely does this it's the backdrop of the film um, yeah it still is devil's backbone i don't remember if chronos has anything to do with the spanish civil war um yeah but this one definitely is i mean it's it's basically um what he did for pinocchio having um um, Italian fascism is the backdrop. Uh, the Spanish Civil War is the backdrop of this one. Um, um, okay. So that's super exciting. Uh, this movie is amazing. Um, it's way better than the marketing, let me believe. I think the marketing of this film I thought was misleading because there's sort of like, oh, it's this, you know, um, this fantasy film that's sort of dark right and you're like okay sure it's like a creature feature and it's not so yeah uh, it's yeah super- i, I want to say i remember seeing trailers for this and just being kind of like oh okay and then having an appreciation for Guillermo del toro i was like well i'm gonna have to see it well and at the and- time it came out i was terrified of foreign films i was like i can't read a movie that's crazy i can barely I can't read. read i can barely read a still piece of paper. How am I supposed to read a film with stuff going around? Uh, so uh, uh, that's, it's one of my favorite lines in Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets. When they take the polyjuice potion and he's like, why are you wearing glasses? Oh, reading. I didn't know you how to read. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, I think that was the other thing too when I first heard about Pan's Labyrinth is I was like, oh, I have to read? Ooh. Yeah, it's in Spanish. So yeah, um, obviously I got over that, but um, if this show has taught us anything, uh, <laughs> I got over that years ago. Um, but yeah, once again, this is a PSA for anyone out there uh, before we end. Um, getting over that hesitation of foreign language films of reading subtitles will unlock 
90% of film. So, um, yeah, I've, I've tried a lot with like, I think my mom has seen a few, but I've like, I've been like, no, you got to see this one now. You got to do this one. You got to do that. Um, Ashley doesn't want to do it, which I understand, even though we watch stuff with subtitles on anyway, but anyway, but well, everyone, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode on the place beyond the pines and we will see you next week for Pan's Labyrinth.